Hello. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Amateur Spice. We're here and we have a friend today and we're so excited. I feel like it's been a while since we've had a guest on. So today we have our friend Freshie talking to us. Hi, Freshie. Hey guys, how's it going? I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. We are so excited to have you. I've been low-key crushing for so long. I follow you on my personal account too. I probably shouldn't. Every time I like a post, I'm like, I'm doxing myself, but here I go. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like, I, you know, the tried and true, like, stuff of, like, don't pay attention to the comments. Like, so I notice a lot of things, but I also miss a lot of things. And also, (laughs) it's so weird now, algorithmically, that, like, I feel like I miss my actual friends all the time. <laughs> no, honestly, like Same. there's so, it's all like brands and like artists and stuff, which is cool. But I don't ever see like my mutuals posts and stuff. Yeah. Yes. But very excited to be here. Um, a couple episodes back, I talked about my trip to Philly that I took and all the scenes that I shot and how much mm-hmm. I liked that. And Freshie um, is the friend who I stayed with and worked with. So that was super fun. If you're a consumer of porn and you haven't seen them yet. You should go watch them. Uh, I have the whole thing, but they're hot as fuck. <laughs> yeah. Some of my favorite stuff I've done. Freshie is amazing. But we wanted to have her on today to talk about, you know, how she got into sex work, um, you know, kind of questions we typically ask guests. But Freshie also does some stuff that I feel like a lot of our guests don't not necessarily don't do but might not utilize as much like clip sites like many vids clips for sale um and all of that and freshie also does some dom work so we might talk about that a little bit too um so yeah we're just kind of gonna gonna grill you a little bit in like a (laughs) loving way (laughs) i'm ready for it (laughs) so i guess first we kind of just want to talk about like how you got into sex work um you know how, what that kind of looked like for you and how it's turned into um, where you are now as a full-time career. So I would say that like my, I didn't technically start in sex work, but I started as a freelance model. I was like, I was a popular Tumblr girly for a minute. <laughs> and, um, and like, as I was freelance modeling, I started working for clip sites where uh, like clips for sale is very popular. There's several like very like established, prominent, successful producers that have come out of clips for sale. And I as I was freelance modeling, I would do like clip scenes for various fetish sites. I found that I really liked one doing it and I loved shooting like erotica as a medium in my fine art modeling and so I was just curious to like explore that further um I would say it took me like a really long time to fully dive into sex work because like I had already been very established in freelance modeling and I was really concerned about like well if I make this transition is it going to close the door on other opportunities is it going to like cause harm to the work that I've already done because the world isn't necessarily nice to sex workers Mm -hmm. amen so it took me a while to like fully get into it and the pandemic for like for many people and probably yourselves was a huge motivator into Mm -hmm. getting more sex work but like I would say that like my experiences of working for the clip sites over the years was what like 
informed kind of my approach to doing porn and doing further sex work. Nice. Nice. So they're obviously, you know, like a big part of how you do your sales, the clip sites and everything. Clips for you is the one you use the most or clips for sale? So clips for sale and many vids are the two main clip site platforms that I use the most. I would, I definitely got started established on many vids first. And I would say that was like my main adult platform for a very long time, other than freelance modeling. Um, and then I started maintaining my clips for sale page more because I had made it years ago, but I just never did anything with it. And then I finally started utilizing it. And like once you kind of figure out the ways each site works, you kind of like OnlyFans is the same way. Like there are several different hustles that you can do to make money on there and make it work for you. Um, but it's just figuring out what your hustle is and committing to it. Hmm. Nice. So were you on both of those sites before you made your OnlyFans? Yes. Nice. Interesting. It's all, I feel like it's always the other way around. So it's nice yeah. to talk to someone who like, ha- you know what I mean? Cause I feel yeah. like everyone, like not everyone, but a lot of the people who we work with typically and like our colleagues got started when the OnlyFans like craze was going on. And that's like mm-hmm. the first site you ever use. So it's kind of like, I think maybe good too for people listening who might not want to like use OnlyFans as much knowing that like there are other sites out there people make money on. Yeah. Well, yeah, there are definitely other sites you can make money on. They do take higher cuts, but like Mm -hmm. factor those things into your pricing and you factor that into how you make the site work for you. And like, uh, there is, it's also not that much different in my opinion than operating an OnlyFans. Like I definitely had a learning curve with doing OnlyFans and I'm still, I still don't really run my page the same way as everybody else. But like, uh, I also started on clip sites. So that's what I know how to do best. And like, you know, with clip sites, like, you know, it's not, it's not really about volume. It's just hitting your key audience and making Mm -hmm. sure you're hitting those tags and that key audience that you're giving them exactly what they want. That was about finding your niche. Yeah. That's one of the big questions I had, I guess, was like, how do you drive people to those sites? Like, do you optimize like marketing and stuff? Cause obviously like OnlyFans doesn't have an internal search thing, but like clip sites do. So like, is there a way you like optimize that? too absolutely so um that is one of the biggest benefits about being on the clip sites is they do have an internal search engine they do have internal traffic like people also understand how they work and it's not as much of you having to micromanage every single transaction and interaction you know it's all kind of more or less streamlined which is why I was like I don't necessarily mind them taking an extra 20% you know what I mean like I don't mind giving them 40% when I don't have to promote those links as much I don't have to drive people there like you know and especially when you figure out the different ways to utilize their search engines internally it gets even easier to drive traffic. Nice. nice. But so there are several different things that people do. So people will either have 
um, multiple studios and they'll have the specific studios specializing in certain things. Like they'll have a studio just for foot fetish, just for deep throating, just for anal. Because algorithmically, the more videos you have and the fewer amount of categories you have, the more specialized your store is. So when people are searching for those specific categories, your uh your store and your clips get prioritized so would you say that um on the clip sites like leaning more into fetish friendly content leaning more into like specific content is usually like usually pays off more well it really depends because like there are sites like many vids that feel very more like porn based but i've had i've had fetish clips on there sell very 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 well and on the site like Clips for Sale, which is very like fetish and bondage and BDSM based, um, there are several sites that are like POV boy girl or like very like normal sex that are continuously in the top 10. And I also apologize for my beeping, but <laughs> I've reset it like two times and it's just like intent on going off so it's clearly not in resettable state but anyway <laughs> um but yeah it really just depends on how you utilize your store mm -hmm. can you have more than one or like is there a limit to how many like many vids or clip for sale studios you can have because i know only fans no. only do two <laughs> no no you can have a lot so actually when you make a clips for sale account it will ask you if you want to have one store if you would like to operate multiple that's so Wait, cool i just signed up and i did not notice that question but now i'm definitely gonna be like multiple please um their uh their admin support is also really great so like if that is something that you want to change or you have any questions for them they're really really good about talking to you and you can also tell that you're talking to an actual human being oh, that's so um, nice I That's just the made the account, have not uploaded anything yet, though. I need yeah. to. <laughs> What's the at, Nixie? I don't even know. Probably Naughty Nixie, because that's what everything else is. So probably that. <laughs> when you, I feel like when you talk to OnlyFans support, like, it's a person, but it's a person who, like, was made by AI. You know what I mean? Like, there's just something about the way they talk to you that's, like, even the ones that, like, are out of the, like, the English office that is so, like... I feel like I'm talking to a robot every single time. You're given just like prompts. Like that's all they're like allowed to respond with probably. probably. That's so um, do you want to maybe talk about red gifts a little bit too? Because I know that that's a clip site that you well, use. So they're not actually a clip site. They're actually the media hosting platform for adult content for Reddit. So like anytime you want to have something embedded or you want to post a video to Reddit, Red Gifts is where you got to upload it in order to um, do that. However, Red Gifts does also have a lot of internal traffic on their own. And um, I have, and because a lot of those people are Reddit users, they like, you know, you're getting a huge variety of oh, people. No. A lot of them are already porn consumers who are ready to, who understand how to play. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, so, like, I've definitely seen, like, social media growth via, like, stuff doing well on there. I've seen, you know, definitely subscription growth, sales growth from things on there. Um, 
and that's the other thing too like typically like being on the clip sites I also attract a lot of my custom clients from there who order these custom scenes Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you have done some very impressive customs for sure. Like very like I if you haven't gone to see some of Freshie's videos, they are so beautifully made and like beautifully produced and to have like people who are willing to shell out a ton of cash for stuff like like exciting cool stuff like that is really really sick. I mean, it makes me feel very proud that I have fans who um trust me with some of these price tags and I mean I'll sit there and break down you know what I'm paying myself what I'm paying the other performer or performers what I'm paying like the camera person location if there are travel costs like you know like I'm very transparent with them about how exactly their money is being spent you know ultimately on me but also on this project and like I also, with my customs, like, most of the time I am getting requests for things that, like, I would genuinely do, so I want to do a good job. I want to put my best foot forward and, like, carry out my aesthetic and, like, my style choices and ultimately, like, my connection with the other performer, mm-hmm. and I, I want all of those things to shine through. I don't want them to ever have invested this much in a production to then go damn that sucked (laughs) yeah such a bummer that's because that's the thing is that I think like the way you do your customs is really special in the sense that like it really is like exactly the type of like fantasy that they want like I think that sometimes like not quality over quantity typically but like sometimes like when someone orders a custom it's very like I just want you to like say my name and like do this or do that over and over. Like that's usually like the custom requests I get. And that's what I think is so cool about some of the relationships you have with your fans is it's like, I want you to do a doggy custom and have her be in a kennel and have her look exactly like this. And I want you to like buy, you know, it's like so sick that that they're into that. You know what I mean? Well, so here's the thing is so um, this particular custom that we're talking about. So he was inspired to order these from, a series I had been doing for years. Um, but he asked if I would do a puppy play version. And I was like, sure. And um, other than like giving me the elements and like certain things that he wanted to happen in the video, he otherwise kind of gave me more or less creative control. I love so, that. So everything else, like, you know, certain things about certain things that happened in the scene, like those were decisions between myself and the other performer um, who was Gray, who we're talking about. Yeah, it is nice when you like, because like porn is art, you know what I mean? Like it's an art form. And when you can kind of hone in and have it be like artistically what you want, like that's really sick. Like I know that's how I felt when we shot our nun video together. Like I had been wanting to shoot a nun video for a really long time. And like, yeah, I was for like, my job and like for to make money but I also felt like artistically fulfilled doing it which is like nice well and that's like I think like I think it's great when like the worlds can meet exactly yeah (laughs) because like in unfortunately we live in like a uh end stage capitalist society and um 
you know, we unfortunately have to monetize basically anything that we do, but it is really nice when it can be kismet and like we find that happy middle ground between this is something that people will love and like it's going to connect and hit. And also it's connecting and hitting where it matters, which is like for me or for you artistically and emotionally, you know, right. and like, mm-hmm. you know, like it's, it's hard to find that balance sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. My favorite kind of scene, I think like is definitely when you can really tell that like it's a scene that's being shot and it's being, you know, produced and everything. But, and I think I see this, especially in bondage videos, but like, you can tell that it's for them too, you know, like it's really emotionally yeah. fulfilling and like it's, it's doing something for them. That's like either healing or gratifying or in some time, you know, like you can really feel their emotion. It's not like it's sexy, but it's more than that. Yeah. And again, like porn doesn't necessarily have to be that because like porn, porn is meant to like get people off, get you paid, you know, like it doesn't necessarily need to be artistic, but it is really nice when it can be. Exactly. Yeah. It's just fun. And it's nice. I think that like it can, you can do either, you know what I mean? Like you can either like quantity, like, you know, make a bunch of stuff and like have that, like, I think kind of what I like to do is like have stuff that I can cue and schedule that like might not be stuff. I put like a ton of effort in and then I can take, not like, not that I'm not putting effort into my content, but that, like, I have extra time to, like, think about stuff that I want to, like, seriously yeah. do, make sets, and you know what uh, I mean? Well, yeah, of course. There's, like, the no makeup, fresh out of bed selfies, first thing right. in the morning, all do. Like, there's the low effort content that, like, is really fine, and sometimes that shit, like, engages better. Um, I do, though, I kind of wanted to ask, I guess, since we were talking about, like, the content you make... Like, is there, obviously, I know you do a bunch of different, like, fetish stuff and some BDSM stuff. Like, is there a type of content that you love to make, like, more than others? Like, what's your favorite? <laughs> um, I mean, I, I, I would say the ones I like to make are probably pretty obvious that I really like doing nurse role play. I really like doing um, religious role play. I really love it when I get the opportunity to do lesbian fisting or anal those are obviously videos that I do a lot of but like kind of like away from the less obvious so like I love there's a fetish that I used to shoot a lot of there's a couple fetishes I used to shoot a lot of that I haven't done quite as much of recently um I really love doing nose fetish and snot fetish I think those are really fun to do and that's another thing that I would advise about getting on any clips for sale site is like kind of look at like the different categories that are trending because sometimes that's a really good way to get ideas when you're kind of feeling stumped on content you can look at like what categories have been trending recently and be like okay like uh cream pies like glasses whatever you know like all kinds of different things and be like okay well I can make a video that kind of focuses around these couple key things to make like my video sell better when I upload it but in any case um I uh, other fetishes that I've done that I think do really well or at least for me like sometimes you have to experiment with stuff to figure out like what fetish content is going to work for you and what doesn't like 
burping was huge for me. Like I've done lots of burping videos. I've done wedgie fetish videos and pantsing, like literally just pulling a person's pants down, which is more about like coming up with a story and killing time because pulling yeah. someone's pants down doesn't last <laughs> long. But I've done all kinds of stuff. Um Wetting your pants fetish is also a good one where you pretend you're like holding it. You can't get access to a bathroom. And, like, I've been meaning to make one of those. <laughs> yeah. Those also sell really, really well. Um, And like, it's also kind of, you also learn so much about like the different fetishes and the different tags through being on Clips for Sight. Like I learned about ENF, which is Embarrassed Naked Female, um, which is like, impose stripping pantsing wedgies like a lot of times like like sharking is also really popular with embarrassed naked female where you pull a girl's shirt up or pull it down <laughs> oh my god <laughs> but obviously stuff like that is staged and yeah. like like specifically with pantsing and sharking like and wedgie fetish they like it when like Let's say I'm shooting a pantsing video. If I pull the person's pants down and then I grab their arms and I don't let them pull their pants up or like <laughs> I pull their up and I don't let them pull it down. They like it when you do that as well. And it's always like, you know, and to be honest, it's so staged because like you're always like cheating your butt to the camera for pantsing or wedgies. Like, yeah, they do that. But um. But yeah, the thing about like clip sites is that you learn so much more about all these different categories and it also exposes you to all these different fans who are consuming so many different things. And also like I was actually listening listening to a space on Twitter the other day and they were talking about like taking all these notes and monitoring how people what people are spending their money on and what clips are selling and like all this stuff and the clip sites really utilize really makes so much of this so easy for you so every time uh so for instance on many vids every time somebody buys a video you can click on their username and it'll take you to their profile and you can see every single video they have ever purchased from you mm -hmm. okay, which makes cool. it very very easy to figure out what they are into right mm -hmm. You can be like, oh, this person bought all my ass worship videos, or this person bought all my lesbian videos, or this person bought a bunch of bondage videos. I know what this person would be interested in. Mm -hmm. um, and it's also, like, really nice, because, like, so when you're looking at your own Minivids profile, and you're, like, scrolling over, like, a thumbnail, you see those three little dots in the corner, you click them. And you'll see like stats or delete and you don't want to delete, but you can click stats and very easily see like how many views it's gotten, how many likes it's gotten, how many videos have sold when it posted. So like it makes keeping track of certain analytics like a lot easier. That's cool. Mm -hmm. I didn't know I could look at stats. <laughs> right. Uh, the other thing, so I, so one of the big things that I tell people about getting on clips for sale is like, they have really, really, really good internal site analytics. Like you, so every time somebody purchases a video on there, I can see their IP address and I can see the country and city that they are buying it in. Um, wow. And they're using a VPN and then I can't see it. Yeah. Um, and when you're actually looking at the stats on your own page, it'll show you where your links are being posted from like i've seen forums google all kinds of stuff bing <laughs> like <laughs> that's so 
interesting <laughs> I love that uh and it'll show you like where you're getting the most hits too so you can like start understanding where your traffic is coming from and have a greater understanding of your own SEO and how you're utilizing that in the description of your videos I love that's that. a really good point I do love that this, this might be kind of a niche question but I guess if someone's starting out on a clip site like I'm trying to work on my clips for sale like do you think the site like would optimize my videos more if I was consistently posting like I posted one of my videos every single day or if I just upload them all in one day so uh when you are just starting your page I would say like if you have if you have a big catalog of videos I would say do like a you can also mass upload stuff so i recommend mass uploading so everything is ready to go i would say get 20 30 videos to launch your first day and queue a few up in the morning a few up in the afternoon a few up in the evening so that you have a new video posting like pretty much every hour of your first like day or so on the site and then after that, so like the norm, I would say for success, if you're utilizing the system of specializing your store or kind of like creating a big catalog is either, like you said, posting a video every day, but you, that's easy to burn out. Like, yeah. you know, it's not quite like OnlyFans, like, you know, that's why I was saying if you have a big catalog of already made stuff, go ahead and like get it all up on their server and you can also queue posts out to update in the future nice. and like, but my best advice. So while you're building your store, I would say posting once to twice a week is ideal because you, because after you get that big bump from having something like brand new on the page every hour for your first, like, you know, day or so on the site, um, after that you can kind of teeter it off because like I said like keeping up a volume like that is not realistic yeah. long <laughs> you know so I try to update my stores um at least once a week and sometimes I don't always update once a week but I'll try to like like for instance with um many vids you can actually manually move videos around so let's say you have like older videos that haven't sold in a while, you can move those videos back to page one. So people are seeing them freshly again. Mm -hmm. So I'll do stuff like that. If I don't have like a new release coming out, I'll be like, Hey, you know, if I have new traffic coming to my store, I'll put these older videos on the front page. So people are seeing those like fresh again. Okay. That's a good idea too. It's always new to somebody, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So one of my other things that I really like about many vids and clips for sale is so like many vids doesn't really like check the videos too much they check your paperwork um unless like the video is like really really extreme content then they will check it but for the most part it's kind of the honor system unless you get reported or something but clips for sale a physical human being reviews the video before it goes live interesting um, like the whole video <laughs> the whole video and if there is an issue in it they will tell you what rule they feel it is violating and they will give you the timestamps. and that's say nice. if you would like to remove that and post that and re-upload it you know this is exactly what we had issue with and this is the exact part in the video that's so nice which like 
<laughs> it takes a lot of the mystery out, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, well, so like the nun video that even I did, I cannot get it approved on OnlyFans to save my life. Um, and like, I've edited so many different versions of it at this point, And I keep like trying and trying. And I'm like, finally, like, I'm like, I'm not going to do this anymore. Fine. This is a clip <laughs> video. Um, but like, I was telling her, I was like, clips for sale is sometimes weird about blasphemy, religious content. So that'll be a good, like, kind of like uh decider so to speak or at least like if there are specific parts in the video that they think are too far like I can edit that out but uh but they approved it they had no issue with the video in complete state so I was just like I just don't understand OnlyFans and like I've tried to talk to them about it and like you guys said you're just kind of getting prompt responses so like I've just kind of given up on being able to post that scene on OnlyFans which like it is what it is yeah yeah it's Um, very like that's like it's I think that's kind of the thing like the allure too about some of the other websites like granted like I'm sure no site is perfect there's always server issues but like the OnlyFans server issues are so fucking bad too that like all of these extra features these other sites have that like are just that so much higher than OnlyFans. You know what I mean? Like OnlyFans crashes when you have like too many things in your vault selected. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Like um, the other nice thing about like clips for sale, many vids is that like, you know, they have like a vault feature, so to speak. So on your account, you can just like, with clips for sale, you can bulk upload things to their server. Same with many vids. And those videos are just always sitting there. And like anytime you open your content manager, it'll say, you have uh, so many odd videos sitting here. Let's let's uh, post them or let's schedule them. I have so uh, many feeling in my many vids. <laughs> it's yeah. cute. It's like a little waiting room. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It makes it very easy to kind of keep track of like, you know, okay, this was uploaded, this is ready to go, that's not ready to go, this and that. And I also appreciate that they make, like, like if you're working with somebody who's not on many vids and you can't tag them, mm-hmm. uh, easy to just upload the releases with each individual video. That's nice. Yeah. And then they won't, like, tell you your tag is incorrect a million fucking times, even though it actually isn't, and then delete your account. <laughs> right so the other thing about the clip sites that i would say is really great as opposed to OnlyFans is that you guys have to do all this micro categorization like and the nice thing about the tags on the clip sites is that as soon as people like even if people are searching on your page like they can just go to like i want to see ass worship and it'll bring up every single ass worship video that you have like it makes it very 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 easy so you don't have to sit there and send them your whole menu and like yeah. so like I know a big thing that people are on the fence about who like come from like the OnlyFans format of selling their content is that the clip sites take a bigger percentage. But I was like, when you see how much time you're actually getting back, it can make it worth it, you know. And there are ways like you know for to to get fans to see that value one for like content you can't post on only fans like mm-hmm. it like many vids and clips for sale both allow a lot mm-hmm. the other thing is because they have an internal search engine you can like 
really utilize your descriptions um, really, really well. So like in my videos, every time I post, I will post like the name of the model and myself in the description. I'll write the description for the video and I'll try to hit keywords or hashtags that I think people will be looking for when they're searching for content. And then at the bottom, I will put in this video, you will find, and I will list every hot keyword I think pertains to the video or the performers and what I think people might be searching for. Nice. That's a good idea. Searchability. Yeah. Yeah. Just the internal search feature alone is like so nice, you know? And also like, I think too, like OnlyFans stresses so much either having a free trial or having your subscription be like $5 and you get access to everything. Like, there's so much pressure to like sell yourself for the lowest price because that's what brings people into OnlyFans. Like I know that I always have my no PPV page on sale or like whatever, like my, on like my, my to join first is always less money than the rebuild because it's like pulling teeth to get someone to join for full price on yeah. these sites. I feel like you can charge more than like if you did have it priced on OnlyFans. And also if you have like a no PPV page, for example, like someone's paying more for a video than they are to access your entire page, right. essentially, you know? And like, I, that's very alluring to me as well, because that's what's been happening is like, it's $7 to join my no PPV page. And like on many vids, someone will unlock a video that's $30. And that's one video that feels really good. Oh, yeah. it feels great. Like, yeah. um, I will say like sites like specifically many vids their algorithm so while they do have an internal search system and while like if you are thoughtful with how you set up your stores like and make sure your categorization is really really good for the content that you have so you're specializing so it's going to optimize you in searches but it does it does prioritize sales on videos so videos that are on sale when you're searching in the tags that you're looking for like let's say you're looking for like a goth anal or something like that it's gonna show you the videos that have the highest sale percentage on them first before it might show you the video that has the highest views or like the actual best video or the one that it <laughs> optimized so what i would always tell people to do and this is free game right here and it was something i held back from doing for years because i was like you know i was like i don't know i was like does it look silly but i guess it works is so like what i will do with my mini vids is i will mark the video up like like uh, let's say i have a video that i'm gonna sell for twenty dollars i'll mark it up to 40 and then put it at a 50 percent off sale so like they're still paying what I would originally charge them, but it's appearing higher in the search and I'm optimizing my tags. Genius. So, That's so smart. Yeah. They're still paying like exactly what I would have charged for it. Like, right. It, and like, sometimes I will put it at 75% off. So then it is an actual sale. Mm -hmm. you know? And again, like the volume I get from it makes up the little bit that I might be losing from yes. And again, optimizing your searching, optimizing like when you're releasing, all those things really help. Mm -hmm. Nice. I definitely feel like I need to revamp my clip sites now. <laughs> 
and make right. or maybe even just get more specific instead of just uploading what the fuck ever. Well, and that's why like uh the beauty of having separate stores because like many vids and clips for sale don't limit you is you can make stores that only specialize in certain things because if you look at the stores that are consistently trending in the top like 20 to 50 on many vids and clips for sale too you'll notice that those stores specialize in one fetish or one thing Mm -hmm. that it's cosplay or it's like uh milfs or it's cream pies or it's impregnation or it's pov or something um you know they just they try to narrow their category down and figure it out because then it optimizes your searches Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. very Um, interesting that's good to know like i i love clips for sale i've obviously been on there for a long time but their site definitely looks like it's out of the early 2000s and they definitely don't make it as easy to do like sales and things like that yeah but I think it's like important like especially when you're a freelancer to have like your income sources coming from at least three places like yeah if you have more than three like if you if you can handle having more than three that's great but that's like overkill for me I can handle three sites I can handle weekly upkeep on three websites which is my clips for sale my many vids and my only fans those are the sites that make sense to me right now to give the most energy to. But it's definitely important to keep your eye on the sites that are starting to succeed or pop up and at least make accounts and lock mm-hmm. those in. I will say, like, an- another thing that has held a lot of people back who are in the OnlyFans crowd from joining, for instance, a site like ManyVids, is that it is easy to pirate shit from there. Like, I get shit leaked from there all the time. It sucks. One, it's great to use a DMCA system, like, branded scan that's the best one that i've used i know that there are others out there that's the one that i could personally recommend but like only fans content can be leaked as well i've had so many issues with my content getting leaked at this point that like i feel it would be the same volume you know it's definitely like shittier when you google many vids but yes, it's it's really unfortunate. Like that's kind. Of, I I don't want to say like it's it it. I'm saying it's not. It's definitely not okay for stuff to get leaked. But it's kind of a nature of the game at this it, point. It just happens. You know what I mean? Like it definitely sucks every time. And like in the beginning, it felt a lot more like a violation than it does now. But like that's unfortunate. The unfortunate world we live in is that like a lot of the consumers of porn are also active misogynists that like don't want us to win so they're going to leak our content and like the people that are gonna leak it aren't gonna buy it anyways you know well well, those people aren't your fans like those people people who actually appreciate your work or you as a person but i will say like one benefit and i know a lot of people don't want to use tube sites and i'm not like a huge promoter (laughs) regularly either because like they're systems around like age verification or like getting paperwork for everybody in the scenes is like um so like it's definitely not in my opinion a good idea to put all of your eggs in a tube site basket however if you're utilizing those sites for traffic they're great for that but another thing that I have noticed is since I have been posting like my trailers, I've been posting my trailers to my X videos and Pornhub and I've also been like making like little extended trailers that are around three to five 
sometimes like especially on older stuff or like older videos that like went viral on twitter or on tumblr or something those are great to post on the tube sites because it's like i've already made my money from that clip you know Mm -hmm. um i found that it seems like so the people who are on tube sites are consuming porn for either free or very 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 cheap and turning somebody who is used to spending nothing into spending something is hard. I'm not like posting my stuff on there thinking that I am turning them all the time into a paying consumer, but I have noticed that my stuff doesn't get pirated quite as much because I feel like the desire is being satisfied to an extent. And then I'm at least getting a little bit of money from the views of people who would never pay me anyway. But yeah. I think it's also important to not train your fan base to consume free porn. Oh, definitely. Yeah. That's like pitfall of like free trials being so popular is right now. You know what I mean? Is that every fucking so like not not every subscriber, if you are a subscriber to my OnlyFans, don't get butt hurt. I'm not talking about you. But there's so many people on OnlyFans that just expect to sign up for free and get all of these videos because that's what the point zero one percent girlies do. Because they have, you know, they can that like someone will join like a no PPV page or a PPV page or whatever. And like, they'll want everything for free. You know what I mean? Like, they're they're just so ungrateful sometimes nowadays, it feels like way more than I started even three years ago. Oh, yeah, the the freemium freeloader volume crowd. It's, it's completely changed the economy of sex work, in my opinion. And, like, it's not sustainable, like, you know, because unless you are getting that insane of volume, and, like, it's also hard to predict on return on investment with that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just, like, you know, I, I don't think it's a sustainable business model unless you're, like, at that level and you have that kind of traffic and you have that kind of audience. Like, but I think for, like, you know, I, I think for a variety of sex workers, that's a vo- it's that's a that's a hustle that doesn't exactly work for everybody. Yeah. And there's so much pressure to just do that. Like all of the promo on Twitter right now is all for like OnlyFans is like just guaranteed gains, which is like, I'm going to post your free trial until you get 800 new fans for free. And then we're square. You know what I mean? And like, that's great. 800 new fans is great. That could unlock stuff, but like, or, but usually it's free trial. So they, you just send them PPVs, but like how many are actually going to fucking do that? But I totally agree with you. Like I, I think that there are ways to like like this is business one-on-one what we're talking about here with like marking your things up and then putting them on sale like when you read business and strategy like 101 that's like the first thing they tell you to do like um you know and you guys already kind of know this like you're like oh there's like 20 spots left knowing that you could make endless spots like right. yeah wanted to but you're creating that demand and that scarcity yeah Uh, again business one-on-one um so there are ways to like give that consumer the feeling of paying for something and feeling like they're getting a sale but also feeling like they're getting their money's worth from the item without actually devaluing your time your profit or you know your product yeah yeah there's there's a it's like not tricking them but like you know having it so that it's like they feel like they're benefiting but you're also not not making money you know Mm -hmm. 
because like I said like I I didn't I absolutely was at all like I, well so I wasn't at a loss but I was like okay well for people to have their subscription for three dollars at a discount like they have to be getting a huge volume of people but at the same time how are you getting that volume like you know and I know like what I when I finally started working with OnlyFans people, that's when I started learning about the retweet groups and that like some girls were like, yeah, I'll just spend, I just remember spending all fucking day, like just retweeting and getting retweeted. And that was just all I did all day long. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's literally it. That's all the Twitter girlies do. Like yeah. there are bit, there are days where I sit my ass on Twitter for like eight hours, not as much anymore because Twitter sucks now, but back in like 2021 all day on Twitter. God, I'm a Twitter assistant, so I am on Twitter eight hours a day. <laughs> yeah. Like, and that's the thing is that there are a lot of accounts, like, that have such a big following, like, that have a million followers that they can just promote on Twitter and make money that way and have their page on sale for $3. But it's because they have a million followers. You know what I mean? Like, even the people with, like, I have 250,000 and they're, I'm not, I can't do that. So do you want to tell us a little bit about your uh, in-person dom sessions? Sure. We can talk a little bit about that. Um, so I only started doing it about a year and a half ago. Uh, I was definitely getting, like, inquiries for it. Like, once I started doing bondage content where I was topping a lot, I started getting inquiries for it. But, like, uh, I was hesitant to do it because, again, like, the world isn't nice to sex workers and, like, is even less nice to in-person sex workers, whether you do doming or, like, full service. And so, like, uh, I was hesitant to get into it. But, like, I I quite frankly got I, – I tried to adapt to the OnlyFans model of doing things for a while, and I just got so burnt out on it. Like, posting every day and, like – constantly collabing with people it was just like very very exhausting and I really wasn't seeing like the return on uh, return on investment return on my time and energy like to where it was worth it for the amount of energy I was putting into it so I was like uh well one I was like I need to diversify like is coming a little bit because like I'm getting burnt out on this and like I will say the biggest benefits to doing in-person work is that you get the instant gratification from seeing that person's reaction to the experience. Because like, I know how I feel with the other performer when I'm in the scene with them and I'm connecting with them and I'm in that experience with them and we're sharing this moment. But like the viewer, I don't get to share that moment with them for the most part, other than them yeah. telling they loved it or giving me a tip or like, being supportive otherwise like I'm very separated from that and there is something that is really nice about seeing the look on a person's face when you are fulfilling their fantasy when they are getting to experience something that they've only seen on the internet yeah you know but that is cool to give somebody that um the other thing that I will say the other things I will say that are great about in-person sessions are you don't have to worry about if what you're doing is with insights terms of service you can just do whatever you want because True. the only people who need to consent or be into it are you and your client right yeah and then the other thing that's nice is like i get to just do whatever i do with my client and then they leave 
and I don't have to interact with them online unless they're like a really good client and we have a good relationship. And I also don't have to worry about making further money from that individual experience. Like I have to worry about like creating a good relationship with my client, with my submissive, but like, I don't have to monetize that particular event, that experience, which like, I know for a lot of us, like when we're doing sex work and being in a world that exists in capitalism, we feel this need to, um either film or document or monetize every single experience that we have Mm -hmm. uh so that's the really nice thing about in-person sessions is that like I like obviously it's monetized like the consent is between them and you know my payment is is my payment is the money that they give me but like you know I don't have to worry about what else to do with that experience other than make sure both of us are satisfied. That's a good point. It is. It's, it's a really nice thing. It's one of the things that I valued a lot about it. Um, The other nice thing about in-person work is if you don't want to exist on social media, you don't have to like they're very, very, very successful um in-person sex workers who are easily clearing over ten thousand dollars a month who have like 400 followers on twitter yeah that's yeah it definitely is just it's nice to not have to like take it like not take it home with you because like you are kind of taking it home with you but like it's less like like you said like the 24 7 constantly promoting constantly marketing constantly Mm -hmm. having to like create this whole personality to put yourself out there Like, it's just a different way of doing, you know what I mean? Yeah, it is. You know, and you are also like, when you're doing online work, you're putting so much more of yourself out there. You know, that's the other thing I find that like, my friends and like, my friends and colleagues who do in-person work, that they have much better work boundaries, (laughs) like, uh, on when and how much they're interacting with work stuff. Like, I know because I'm mostly an online sex worker, and do a lot of content like it's a little hard for me to have good work boundaries like I'm always kind of like passively working or I could always like I could always take a call I could always like talk about a custom I could always do a texting session I'm cooking dinner right now but I can do 10 retweet groups at the same time like it's fine I can make I can make it work like I'm running errands but I can be sexting at the same time like you do you're always chasing that bag Yeah, so that's why I find that, like, with in-person work, it is, well, and it's also really important to have, like, good personal professional boundaries, Um, you know, not only for yourself and your time, but for, like, how much, how much work you do allow yourself to take with you after the time is over, and, like, how much of their, how much of yourself you share, you know? Yeah, all right, so I feel like now we kind of just wanted to know like you know what um as a sex worker like what you know your favorite things are about it what you really enjoy about sex work you know kind of just like what um we kind of just want to know what you enjoy about it what your favorite things are um and then you know maybe some things that if you could not have them uh in your sex work life what they would be like you know your least favorite things I guess well, above all else, and I think number one, and I think everybody can agree with me on this, is the financial freedom that sex work offers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think everybody can agree that that's the number one reason that most of us get into sex work. 
And I'm not gonna pretend that that's not why we're here. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. But, like, probably my second thing, other than that, is the financial, is not the financial freedom, is the artistic outlet that, like, you know, because, like, again, like, porn doesn't necessarily need to be artistic, and maybe sex work inherently doesn't necessarily need to be artistic, but I think that, like, it is really nice when those things can go hand in hand, and I think they inherently do, and I think we actually try too hard <laughs> to make not art. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, those are the things that I probably like the most. Uh, I think that I've grown a lot as a person from sex work, at least in like my, in my inner boundaries and like my professional boundaries. I feel like I really have a good understanding of the value of my time. The things that like, if I could take away from sex work or the things I would do without is like, you know, honestly, society's like view of it and, sex in general and kind of the way the world in general treats women and minorities like those are the things I could honestly do without but like uh and not to separate like feminism from the struggles of people of culture because there's definitely intersection but you guys know what I mean yeah. that's another more complicated issue that I can't get into um, yeah, but- a different podcast for that folks yeah <laughs> but like uh but you guys know what I mean and, uh, you know, that I would say makes things really hard. Like the fact that like, there's so much discrimination that results in like discrimination, housing discrimination, like, you know, like, and again, like I, so this is one of the things that like, like for in-person work, you don't really need social media. It can definitely benefit you to have it, but you don't need it. But, like, I would say if you're still doing clip content, to some extent, until you're kind of more or less established, you do need to be utilizing forums, platforms, other things like that to sort of get yourself out there. Mm-hmm. Once you've established, and that's where, like, you know, the big OF girlies are at, where, like, you know, they don't necessarily need to work as hard to generate the traffic that comes to them mm-hmm. a hustle that works for everybody and like it does kind of feel like luck to get there to an extent and it also seems like a lot of work to stay there but the same is said when you get into the top percentages on other sites too like it once you get there like and and you can get there and stay there for like a second but like staying there consistently is hard mm. like just the internet social media aspect like you love it, but you hate it. Yeah, the it's feeling like- that you have to be like on all the time, right? Some sites that I definitely like more as like a means of like fun and like self expression. Like I like using Instagram like to promote myself because I also use it for kind of other stuff too. But like Twitter just feels like exhausting sometimes. You know what I mean? It definitely can be, and like I just feel like the the social environment on Twitter is also like a little inherently toxic. Mm-hmm. There's so much drama all the time. All the time. Yeah. It's crazy. It's not like there definitely are times where like me and Nixie are not involved in it and we'll just be like, this is crazy. But then it sucks when it's we'll you, die. you know? Yeah. We'll die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But and I yeah. feel like sometimes too, like there's the other, and this might exist on other like social media promotion sites, but I feel like just because I, we use me and Nixie use Twitter the most, like we've talked about this and see it a lot. But like, 
there are a lot of people that like just want to make money and promote themselves and like online there aren't hard rules so i feel like we see a lot of like shitty people enter the sphere on twitter too like people that aren't even sex workers that want to take advantage of sex workers and make money off of them and like shit like that oh yeah i mean it's definitely a fringe industry and because it is so and there's really kind of no more or less rules or regulations so to speak like other than like our testing practices which tons of people disrespect all the time you know uh giving content or signing paperwork you know those are things those are boundaries that people cross all the time but as far as but those are rules that we have established that are like kind of huge understood within the industry you know but like uh enforcing any kind of change is like very difficult like I was talking uh with someone about this recently that I was saying like I don't know if our current justice system you know is like the best way to handle some of these like really horrible things and you know sometimes really complicated situations to achieve justice and restoration like it's obviously it's obviously designed not to do that it's obviously working the way it was intended to do so it is clear that this system doesn't work but i also like i also don't think like the culture and like this is not in reference to anything that has currently happened i am not commenting on anything that is currently going down in the industry this is a in general comment uh, that like you know fighting online for so many strangers and like i i just think it isn't the best way for us to be handling our conflicts either i think you're right and i, I think you that this is not a comment on anything that is going on right now exactly we're just having a conversation that is also time you know what i mean like there's just there the two things are existing at the same time right but i also don't have a solution for like a better way to do it like Mm -hmm. you know i think the solution is like just watching out for yourself and and the people you really care about in the industry and making sure you steer clear of the shitty ones yeah like uh so for me personally because of my own experiences within the industry and my own experiences with collaborations that some have gone really well and some really have not is that I kind of I don't just say yes to working with someone immediately anymore like regardless of how big their following is regardless of how much they're collabing with people I kind of want to take my time to like look at how they market their brand look at how they interact with others look at like do they get involved with this drama? Are they getting involved in like a lot of like weird stuff online and like, and you know, and what, like, I'm not shaming how anybody makes their money doing sex work because that's individual choice, but there is content and sites that you might not want to be on. That's going to attract fans that you don't necessarily want. And like, that is something that you have to consider because when you sign a release for your co-star, like, you know, they can post that video anywhere they want, you know, unless you guys have specific parameters or you might just want to avoid that entirely because depending on their market, depending on their brand, depending on where they sell their content, it might not make sense for them to work with you if they can't sell it on certain sites or if they can't do certain content with you. Like, you know, boils down to business at a certain point. Mm-hmm. yeah and I think that relates back to like how present like our job is in our personal life is like because like sex it's like it's an industry and it's our job but it's also one that's very familiar so I feel like those relationships get blurred so fast and like so easy 
between like friends and colleagues and like working friendships and just everything like it's it's way easy I mean other than maybe the service industry which I also work in but like other than that like it's so like I feel like there are many industries where just it's so like bled together you know Mm -hmm. it's true um and I mean like it's just like an inherently intimate job even if you are having like good boundaries over like you know how much of yourself you're sharing with your fans or your clients or you're having good boundaries over like how you collaborate with other people like you know it's still going to bring up different emotions different traumas different things like that and like I think also taking the care to like are you a better performer in one situations or like do you like being in group shoots or group scenarios Mm -hmm. because everybody is different and like what works for one person or what is one person's good day could be your bad day you know Mm -hmm. uh so like it's just about like figuring out what the dynamic is that works for you like when it and also like you don't have to collaborate with anybody if you don't want to like there are performers who have made millions on being solo only like right like some of the like yeah that's true there are a lot there are a lot of very successful solo creators like there's there was a time when i was doing sex work where i was only doing solo stuff you know what i mean like it's possible because there are fans who like even if you're really hot even if you're great at sucking dick even if you're great at taking dick like they don't want to necessarily see you with another person because it's not them and it takes that fantasy Mm -hmm. of be with you that's so true definitely had like uh, and i've just everyone has you know what i mean when you send out a video and you're feeling super great about it and then like someone just replies and is like i only like your solo stuff like, okay, cool. Great. And it sucks to hear that, but they're not saying it because they don't like seeing you have sex or they don't right. like you with that person. But it's that, like, they are there because they have a fantasy specifically about you. And, yeah. like, with someone else, like, that breaks it for them. So I also tell people, I was like, it is definitely important to, like, cultivate a solo catalog for your work, you know? Okay. And- mm-hmm. You know, like, don't completely depend upon doing collabs. Like, if you, like, if you love fuck, be fucking. Like, you know, if you want to fuck every day, go ahead. But, like, at the end of the day, like, it is a ton of fucking fluid exchange. It is a ton of, like, different bodies, you know? This industry, like, you'll see people going viral for doing crazy shit. And, like, it'll convince you that you need to do stuff like that in order to, like, get to that level of money. Mm absolutely fucking don't you don't need to do yeah. that like also a lot of these viral videos are very much staged yeah or, or some of it is quite frankly unsafe to do like like they shouldn't be doing it in the first place like you know and based on like also what i know about a lot of these viral numbers now people are not getting the return on investment from doing some of the shit you know just be really firm in your boundaries and what you are willing to do and what you're not willing to do oh so what I was talking about was like I think it's really important to create like a big solo catalog or like make sure you are cultivating one you know and like if you want to be fucking be fucking but like if you are promising your fans that you're going to post a new hookup every single day and like you aren't with like 
a primary partner, like it means you're having sex with potentially a new person every single day. Like that's a lot of body fluid. That's a lot of testing. And like also at the end of the day, like when most of the sex you're having is transactional and for work, like even if it's fun, like I think that there needs to be a healthy separation in the sex that you have, like that is personal and for yourself and like not for the viewer or what the viewer like or look the most extreme for them but like you know the sex that you like I think it's important to go outside and touch some grass and get off Twitter and maybe not always have porn sex like it absolutely is like I've been in relationships before where like that like the sex is always needing to be like commodified into content or the sex is always feeling very like the sex I'm having in porn and like there's just always like that being super prevalent and like we're humans too you know what I mean I think that's like the big overarching tragedy of sex work sometimes is that like they think we're robots our consumers and sometimes I think we put that on ourselves as well like I mean not we I'm not like generalizing but like me specifically I feel like I do at times in the sense that I'm like this sex I I, like I'm I'm giving someone a blowjob or I'm having sex with someone and it's not being recorded and I'm like I do need to record this or like it needs I need like I find myself at times when I'm having sex not on camera and I still feel like I'm performing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I'm practicing. Yeah. 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 It's It can be hard to have good boundaries around work, especially when it's so intimate, especially when it's easy to constantly be working. You know, it can be really hard. Yeah. So I think like, especially if you're getting started, like practicing having those boundaries are really, really, really important really really important because then you'll burn yourself out and you'll also feel weird like in your personal relationships and it's just not good you know like it's better to like have the like put in the work that feels kind of gradual and like emotionally weird like in the beginning and see the payoff later than like really be struggling down the road you know yeah well yeah because like ultimately like I don't think you know because like operating from a place of desperation comes from a lot of places from like financial insecurity from um housing instability from all kinds of things but typically in my life when I've been when I was younger and poorer um not that I am a millionaire now by any stretch of the imagination but there were moments where I was operating from a place of desperation where I was making decisions because I needed that money right now Mm -hmm. um but I think if like especially in doing sex work like this, where like the financial security is greater for us or the potential for it is greater. I think that it is important to stay true to your boundaries in the beginning and not give in to operating out of scarcity. I guess maybe operating out of scarcity is a better way to put that than operating out of desperation. Cause I'm like, I don't condescending way, but I was like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, we know what you mean. Yeah. I feel like we kind of talked about this in our last episode too, a little bit. We talked a lot about like, when to set boundaries, you know, like with, with your clients and stuff and like when you should block, when you should say, no, I'm not going to do this, like blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? So yeah, I think that's, that's definitely really, really important because they try, they fucking try. Yeah. Yeah, And especially with the recession popping off right now, I've been getting requests for all kinds of weird customs and stuff I don't do because they're hoping that because everybody is like, starting to operate from scarcity that either my rates are going to change or my limits are going to change so like especially anybody who's getting into sex work right now I would just advocate on practicing for 
having good boundaries. Like I understand having to take stuff that you got to take and doing what you got to do. But remember, you got to live with certain content, like, you know, existing and that you did certain things and that money will be gone, you know? So make sure you're doing things that you're okay with living with long-term. Like that's mm -hmm. some good ass advice. Yeah. That's some really yeah. good advice. I feel like I've learned so much this whole <laughs> interview. This right? is so amazing. Yeah. I Thank you so much. You're very welcome. I'm glad that I could share my knowledge of clip sites with you guys. And like, hopefully this will help with y'all setting up clip stores and kind of utilizing them a little bit, maybe not better, but like differently. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In I a few weeks, we should follow back up with each other, Nixie, and be like, how's yeah. it going? What'd you do for your clip site today? What'd you do for your clip site today? <laughs> Listeners, we're holding up finger guns. <laughs> as we're wanting to do that's yeah. my favorite thing ever that Nixie has like instilled in me is when we first became Did friends I do like, that I didn't oh, no. do that and she does this all the time she's always like and now I do it all the time <laughs> <laughs> it's great you've trained me I like it so Freshie where can we if someone wants to come um you know consume some clips on your clip site wants to see more wants to learn more about you where can we find you I'll just follow you they love you and want to follow yeah. you. <laughs> you can find all my links to my social media, my Instagram, my Twitter, my many vids, my clips for sale, my OnlyFans. You can find them all on freshyjuice.com where you will also uh, get a little pop-up where you can also join my mailing list where I send Ooh. out a once a month or sometimes. Uh, but you'll get something from me sometimes and I'll get your email. So that's nice i love that <laughs> also the idea of having a mailing list is like fucking genius i need yeah. to i need to get on that let's say we didn't talk about that but i definitely have felt the need to do it because algorithms fucking suck yeah <laughs> hey like especially getting so one last thing before we go is i would absolutely recommend getting a mailing list because remaining in contact or remaining in access to your fans or your consumers is so important and it is so easy to get deplatformed. Another thing I will say is that Clips for Sale has an internal email system where it stores all the emails of people who purchase videos from your store and you can send out video links from your store to those emails. So I send out a little email update oh i just posted a new clip to my store and you know it's and it's never too late to start building a mailing list give people some kind of incentive like a free trial or like i i send out like a free video once a month or sometimes <laughs> but uh you know i i'm like you know what you get a free video you can give me your email it's fine it's fine it's okay yeah but yeah nice. it's something i really highly recommend any performer doing like trying to get a newsletter or a mailing list it's just so important especially with how unstable these platforms are now yeah yeah that's a really good point that's getting on on my to-do list too yeah. well freshie thank you so much we really appreciate you you're the best um i'm gonna Learned be seeing so you in irl and i can't wait to fucking see you it's gonna be very fun next week even i know oh man yeah <laughs> listeners i'm turning 27 soon start spoiling me oh yeah send eve the birthday money please please 
would that be very nice um nice well you can find me at messyxbangs.com all my shit's there where can we find you you can find all my shit at nixynight.com <laughs> nice so one more time thank you freshy uh freshyjuice.com to check that all out we really appreciate you thanks yeah. for having yeah, had a great time chatting with you dolly came in to say goodbye as well goodbye bye, <laughs> bye kitties bye guys we love you bye, bye.